Hello and welcome to the Love Boat. This is a special losing edition of the Love Boat, coming off week one, the Vikings losing against the Bucks. But we have a lot to talk about, including the upcoming Eagles game. So we have a short week this week. Perfect. Love that coming off a loss, short memory, what have you. But let's introduce ourselves. I'm Matt Johnson, the host and your captain of the Love Boat, my two faithful seamen, Preet, Carter. How we doing, guys? I don't like how you said that, and I am. This team has put me into a mental, a mental rut, to say the least. You not liking my introduction is perfectly akin to me hating your outro. So, karma. Great. Um. Thanks for adding to that. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Carter's just good, even though his. Team I didn't lost know him. how. I I thought Pre was going to go on <laughs> for longer. No, Pre's looking at his phone. No, I'm watching Aaron Rodgers run out onto the field with an America flag. It is Monday night, Jets. and Monday night football is on. And if you're a Vikings fan or an NFL football fan, for that matter, you want to see Aaron Rodgers' debut. <laughs> At least I do. Um, yeah. So let's let's go right back to the topic on hand and move out of the bad news to possibly more bad news. But let's talk about the Buccaneers Vikings game. Vikings lose at home from a score of twenty to seventeen, and this game felt like last year but it felt like one of the first halves or like third quarter of last year where they don't pull something out of their ass at the end. There were stalled drives like the late. of last year. I mean, it kind of was like third quarters. We sucked last year, right? Scheduled uh, the like kind of, I was going to say like last year, you'd expect us to score in the opening drive. We didn't, you'd expect us to have a good first quarter. We didn't, you'd expect us to kind of fizzle out in the second quarter and third quarter. Funny enough, that's when we did the most damage and we just fell flat in the fourth quarter and didn't make a comeback and lost a one score game. It was just basically the exact opposite of last year's script. Yeah. And I was doing that gimmicky thing where, you know, we do stocks of like what the players are doing, how they look. It was game one. So I was just keeping track of it in my head. I made a tweet about it, but it was hard picking who was doing good and doing bad when I think the biggest problem, you know, as a game as a whole might've been the offensive play calling, you know, besides the obvious, like the offensive line sucking. And then we had some special teams mistakes, but there were a lot of stalled drives and drives that started with a tight end screen. For example, that happened at least two times where the it's last like, two drives both started with tight end screens for negative exactly. Yards. And then we went three and out on both times. Who would have guessed? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea because we tried the exact same thing in the playoffs. Tight end screen to Hawk. It didn't work then. What makes them think it's going to work now? Like everyone sees it coming and Hawk's not a particularly very like a very fast guy either. Like no tight ends are. Why would you ever run a tight end screen? There oh, no, 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 no. Travis Kel- you, you, you run tra- tight end screens at Travis Kelsey. You get my point, dangerous. though, like. Kind of, but there are tight ends you, you that makes like sense to run tight end screens you. Well, but when there's no one in front of TJ Hawkinson and Levante David Devin White are heat seeking missiles, you, you don't run you don't run it to him. No, and that was a blaring blaring mistake. And all things considered, the defense played pretty well, at least better than I expected. Well, to be honest. Baker Mayfield's uh, not first half. Special. First half, yes. Second half, <laughs> no. You can't give up nine minute drives. That's definitely part of it, but it is the first game of the season, and that's really not an excuse because the Buccaneers' defense held up you know, at the end, but I did not have high expectations for the defense and the corners. Even most of the game played pretty well. There were some plays at least. The, the big play see. was 
was Josh Metellus is uh, giving up the touchdown to Mike Evans. Oh, that was frustrating to watch, to watch because he that made wasn't such even a good really, play right before it. Yeah, I was going to say that's not even really like a cornerback. He's like a nickel safety. Well, with our current type. DB situation and the way that Flores plays, it might as well be. <clears throat> I mean, yes and no. I Mike mean, Evans they, was consistently Flores covered actually, by two Flores, safeties and burning them. Flores didn't, I mean, eh, not really. Caleb Evans was on him most of the game, only allowed two catches and 12 I've, yards. Okay, when it he was got Caleb catches, Evans he was for, covered by safeties deep. Yeah, it was it was a Caleb Evans most of the game, but I was just going to say, Brian Flores was actually a lot different than what you'd expect. The first half, he ran all the plays were zone, were zone defense, and in his time in Miami, he ran 55% man, so that was kind of interesting to see. He just... I think he also realizes he doesn't have the pieces to run man coverage the entire time, so he's adjusting to what he has. And I think that kind of goes back to some points that we'd made in the offseason that I know we had brought up that some concern was possible about, you know, trying to fit pieces into a scheme that didn't work. So I think this proves to show that the Vikings might be in a better position than initially thought in the offseason with that, with their defense, with not him not necessarily getting to pick out a lot of the pieces that he wants because – that was very contrary to what I think a lot of Vikings fans thought going into the season, obviously up front, but it's good yeah. to see that there was some form of adaptation there. It was nice that yeah. there's hope about the defense because I didn't have any going into this, except for maybe like Byron well, Murphy. Otherwise, I set I, my expectations like where they should have been for most of the players. Again, it was the Buccaneers, and we still gave up 20 points in a nine-minute drive. I really don't sure care if, who we play because one, I'm not sure don't if know you, you can make be. that same argument that you narrowly just lost to a team that won their division as a team that won their division last year. So if you want to make that argument, you okay, can do but it from the, both the, angles. Okay, but let's not be intellectually dishonest and pretend this Buccaneers <laughs> team is the exact same Buccaneers team. Like, no, that's not the, at all. That's that's but the height. Still, that's the height of lying. Tom think, Brady's I think a system still QB. Getting completely discredited. Baker Mayfield. No, no, they QB. should get. They they're miss. They've lost two, me- three members on the offensive line, and their their tight end and Tom Brady. They, they still not- know they're the worst running team in football. Oh yeah, that was the only person that might be worse. The only team that might be worse is us, but that's a. No, I think the problem is they didn't stick with the run game. We were the talking Buccaneers? a little bit pre-show and no, the Vikings. Yeah, they only ran the ball 17 times. The problem is that doesn't set up Kirk. the play action, so you can't use play action if they don't have any, you know, worry about your run game, which I feel like is a problem with Kevin O'Connell's offense because how many times do we pass it? A lot. But, the 44 granted, times. Granted, we were we were we were down most of the game. We, had we were not it. down most of the game. It was at least well, okay. We maybe were down most of the game, we but it was mostly. it was a one score game the whole game almost. Yes, but when you're when the opponent when the opposing dude, team you can run the ball, the ball if you're down a score. Don't bullshit. When me you're when the one. opposing team is a, has the ball for nine minutes, you you don't want to have these slow developing. They had plays. nine the one drive for nine minutes at the end of the game. Granted, I mean, granted, they had granted, three quarters uh, to run the ball parade. They did, but I mean, I also it wasn't working. Alexander Madison averaged like two point four yards a carry. Yeah, you kind of have to abandon the run at some point. I no, that's totally accurate. Um, from a stat perspective, I think he looked good. I think the vision's not there, obviously, and we've been spoiled by Delvin Cook and his hesitation. He only really had, I mean, he only really had one good run on the game, and that was the or run on the first play. He, no, he was I not, agree, but there's no the O line was awful. There's no expl- they need to what they need to do they, they need to learn how to run the the screens they're trying to run. Maybe I can find his it. touchdown looked great. Well, that was a receiving play as well. Well, yes, but it's it's still an aspect of his game, and he's a running back. I'd but like to see want, his yards after contact because I think he got a few extra. He looked like 
I hate to say this, but it'll resonate with Vikings fans. He looked like Matt Asiata, where it. they just do oh. not go down easy. But they're not a world beater. They just they get an extra two yards every single run. Thank God. I thought you were going to say he looked like Adrian Peterson. I was just going to leave. No, right that's now. insane. Well, maybe I will say that. So you go ahead and get out of here. But his yards yeah. after contact. Yeah, yeah, can we start saying things to make Preet like leave? <laughs> just trigger Preet right off the bat every week. We kind of do that anyway. We it do just... po- we do poke quite a bit. I knew my <laughs> comment about uh you know the defending NFC South champions the Bucks uh would get to him. I mean personally, this game just showed me Baker Mayfield's not that good, which well, we I'm already know. But he came up. He didn't make any so terrible much. mistakes, which is good the, for him. The way that the Bucks won this game, I do not believe is long term sustainable for them to actually have a a granted a also, playoff type season. But I I don't think they're bad and. No, Baker is still. I mean, they don't. Have and he a also great won over either. the locker room in that game, so that was good for him. They for they're a, in a pretty weak division there, Carter, and you know that better than anyone. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I hey, just, we can talk about my Panthers. So we can touch I, on. I don't. I am. I'm not gonna. Uh, Baker Mayfield is still exactly who you think he is. Remember when you said we talked about Baker way too much last episode? We did. We and now did. You keep bringing him up, <laughs> and he is arguably one of the main reasons why the Vikings lost. No, he's not. Top three. We again, he's not. He's not. You're like, just trying to discredit it to make your own your point. No, last no. The special teams blunders one, turnovers two. Turnovers one. What are you talking about? I, I put turnovers at two because even with those three that's turnovers, crazy. If you don't have that special teams blunder, the let's, two special to make you blunders. look okay, let's chalk it up as one A and one B. Okay, we can go those as 1A and 1B. And play, <laughs> Vikings play calling is 3. Yeah, Are you going to mention how the number one reason the Vikings lost is because the Bucks put up more points? That that's too. number 4. Yeah. That's, I <laughs> mean, also... That's two uh, which is directly points, correlated to Baker Mayfield's tur- two touchdown passes. Not really. Points off turnovers were 3. Oh, it's not? Baker had some good throws, dude. <laughs> not really. Not like, as many as was... Kirk, but he had a couple of good throws. I agree, Preet. I do think Baker is still Baker, but Baker he is... He threw for 150 yards. He said his absolute Dude, worst he's got in some Carolina. Weapons, and he threw for 150 yards. Let's not jerk the man off He beat the much. Vikings, dude. And not that the Vikings are anything special as of now, but like that's a good win for him. Uh, let's move on from Baker because we're getting nowhere. I want to address the Vikings problems on the side of things. Play calling partly. And I want to say... Nobody gets off like Scott Free, except for maybe Justin Jefferson. He put his all in that game. But Kirk Cousins, Jordan Addison, in typical too. Kirk Cousins fashion, made some dumb d- decisions. Ed Ingram, and I'm not surprised well, yes. by it. But also, Ed Ingram did swipe the ball out oh, of his hand on one Yeah, play. that wasn't... I don't know. Maybe if Kirk Cousins didn't turn right away, he might have held on to it, but it's not his fault. <laughs> also, we lost Garrett Bradbury one quarter into the game against Vita Vey and Kalijah Kansi. Or two, or he's probably one of the best interior line duos. And next week, on Thursday night, we go up against Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham. Wall can move on the inside. So, oh boy, Carter, you watched the game. Carter's a Panthers fan. If nobody was aware, we probably basically already addressed that. But what did you see from the Vikings' offensive play calling? Because that's why you know Kevin O'Connell got a head coaching job because he's a offensive guy. And I was I pretty disappointed. I... Uh, about 50% of that game. I don't necessarily think they went in with the right game plan, but I also at the same time didn't hate it. I also kind of looked at it's a skewed viewpoint because of the national view of the Bucks, but watching it kind of from a, I don't want to say non-biased perspective, but where I don't have allegiances to either team, it almost looked more so like accreditation towards the Bucks rather than 
a downtroddenness feeling of the Vikings, if that makes sense. And granted, I don't know if that's the best analysis of it because y'all are much more in tune with that and y'all keep up with that a lot better week to week because KOC's play calling can change and style that he's doing can change a lot week to week, which I think is huge. That's why I think you can see a completely different offense next week against the Eagles. We saw that at multiple points last season, but I didn't necessarily hate it. I really liked how Jordan Addison was so involved in the game so early on. I think he got the correct amount of targets. For, really? wanted him involved more. Yes, and particularly because KJ Osborne had a pass rating of twenty five when he was targeted. KJ oh, Osborne. Was okay, bad, that. But... I and think also, you can KJ Osborne. Yeah. KJ Osborne, there were I think twenty. Joe Spinoza wrote there twenty six snaps when the Vikings ran just two wide receivers, and KJ Osborne was on the field for all twenty six of them. That cannot I, happen. I KJ actually Osborne agree with is, you there. Yeah, um, I think, I think a, you can lose him more, but I also I'm speaking more so from the perspective of as a rookie wide receiver. Yes, 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 well, yes. And, and more so from also, as a he, rookie wide receiver, he had did have a large a large role for a rookie rookie. Oh my lord, a rookie, rookie wide receiver, a rookie wide Star receiver, Wars he's Chewbacca. Chewbacca. He's uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. He had a, he had a large. Yes, role, he could have been used more. I completely but, agree with that. Yes, and but the one thing I like is Kirk definitely already trusts him. He threw the pass. Granted, he didn't catch the ball, oh, but he burned on him. that. Oh, on that third, on that third down, he uh. He oh my gosh, we have a it. Zach Wilson sighting on yeah. Monday Night Football. I was just gonna say Aaron Rodgers got hurt. By the yeah, way, yeah, I was watching been. him stretch his leg out, which is kind of hilarious. If he doesn't play the rest of the season, the that's Packers that's Vikings related news. Yeah, no, and we're hitting it live. Pick. They're just everyone's going to hear it two days late. What was it? Yeah, no, I mean it's just a, it's kind of concerning that I, I feel like especially next week with we'll touch on this later on Thursday night. Uh, James Bradbury is supposed to not play with an injury. Jordan Addison needs to be getting a lion's share of those snaps. Dude, when Jordan Osmond. Addison and, and was on the field with Justin Jefferson. Oh my God, was that beautiful? Because he's naturally going to get more. Is like a safety valve. You're going to have to use him more against the Eagles, nonetheless, of if he's on the field or not. He's ready to go. That offense to run, yeah. So I think you know that was week one. We're going to see a lot more out of week two, and I also kind of loved the touchdown play. (laughs) Everything was executed so well at every point. Justin Jefferson drew that, made that play happen with drawing three defenders towards him. The deep ball play calling that game was beautiful, and I want to see more of that with this offense specifically. As long yeah, as the, I uh, think you're probably hold. primed to be one of the best at it in the NFL right now. They should be. You put Josh Oliver in blocking because our O line can't do that for crap. Right, yeah, are we going to talk about Ed Ingram? Uh, uh, I'd rather not. Well, we already kind of touched on. Him. I don't he care. 40- he was bad. Yeah, allowed Ed Ingram was actually, I believe, historically bad. No, no, no. He was not historically bad. It was a Kadarius Tony level performance. Funny enough, this is probably like. Not even the worst performance he's ever had in his career, but he, I, I, I compared to well, how he should have grown this offseason. Oh yeah, he never oh, he didn't grow at so. all. Yeah, well, he, yeah, it we looks knew like he's almost more granted, so set granted, into his old habits. More granted, he was playing against Vita Vea and Kalijah Kansi, which is a pretty tough matchup. But you expect him to hold up a lot better, considering Ezra Cleveland on the other side of him was very good. I mean, take positives away; it is still Week One, so no. Nope. Yeah. Taking yes. most of the major the negatives, but the Vikings have a really tough schedule. Yes, Carter, but also I'd like to say the sky is falling considering we play the Eagles, Chargers, Panthers, and oh, Chiefs. 
Oh, I I am not next you know weeks. being trying to. I'm trying to bring a sense of optimism here while the sky is falling. It's not I'm even not like we 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 already know it is. Yes, yes. I was gonna say this, losing this. I mean, granted, week ones can be flukes a lot of the times. We've seen that in the yeah. past, but you can you losing when your schedule looks like the way it does. You can't afford to drop any game that should be a gimme, especially against <laughs> the Buccaneers. I'm oh yeah, I'm not defending that at all. I'm frustrated from the game because it looked like week one of a rookie year as a head coach perspective. And we've had this, I mean, KOCs, you should not be, games shouldn't look that unprepared. I mean, the scripted plays coming out of opening drive for the Vikings were bad. That's that's like KOC's bread and butter last year as you go out and you score. Well, yes, but also I don't think the plays were bad. I think it was more of, Stick with me here. I think it was more of the protection just broke down and Kirk. That's definitely the, the case. I think Kirk, play calling Kirk, could have been a little bit better, but well, so Kirk, I don't think that's the main the, issue. Kirk, I mean, the, the main issue is Kirk early in the game was very rattled and not at his best. Yeah, and Kirk he Cousins is a top Kirk wakes up like this. Not till oh, October. You, you, you can, you don't have to convince me of that. He definitely woke up and just ran to the stadium. He did not look prepared in the first drive at all. Yeah, I mean, did he have his handlebars? No, no, he did. He got rid of them. Oh, that's God. ridiculous! That's Can why. you imagine that? The he should have. They would have been seventeen and zero this season if Kirk had handlebars like that. Yeah, and honestly, we've gone on quite a long time talking about this game. There's probably more things here and there to cover. I mean, we got to clean up the fumbling issues. I guess one was a kind of a fluky play by Ed Ingram, but special teams as you know, well. Get ready to learn Canadian, buddy. Except he's going to be our starting guard for the rest of the season. So that's great. You're ready to be employed by The Rock. Uh, Yeah. And I don't know. There's just not I mean, much to say about the game other than they did not play well. They didn't look prepared. They were, I don't know if I'd say undisciplined. Maybe some players were. And I think it was a coaching breakdown, to be honest, other than the O-line. There's always that caveat when you're talking about the Vikings. Lots of people wanted uh, want Dalton Reisner. So. That'd be great. I would love that. There's no way he's worse than Ed Ingram. So on that, let's preview <laughs> the game that will be on literally tomorrow. I'm so sorry. I just fell in my chair. Oh, I love that angle. You should. That looks good. I'll, I'll stay here as long as my chair won't fall over further. That is mentally where I'm at right now. I so trust I you to have a lot to add to the Eagles, especially now that you're in that position. But yes, Eagles game Thursday night football. I like that it's on Thursday night, but. I don't, I don't like it's a short. I week. don't. It's a, it's on Thursday night week two against the Eagles in Philadelphia. Has there ever been a game the Vikings are more likely to lose in the history of the Minnesota? Vikings? Yeah, and we can't seem to beat the Eagles even when we're at similar skill levels in the past few years. I think they've always been better, but the Eagles just have our number, especially in Philadelphia. Now, wasn't uh, it a week two Thursday night game last year that the Vikings got drilled on as well? Monday night. Monday night. Excuse me. Who was that against? The Eagles. Oh, it was the Eagles. Yeah. No, the Eagles have our Nonetheless, number. a primetime week two game. Yeah. Well, hey, on the bright side, I have no idea what to expect with this team still, and that's, I'm being honest, just because, you know, last year, every game felt like a different game until, like, the last two minutes, right? Obviously, you know, that probably won't happen again the whole year, but. I have optimism because I have no clue what this team's going to look like heading out. Although that being said, my prediction this week is that the Eagles are going to win. Spoiler alert! But 
Uh, I don't think it's going to be a routing of the Vikings, if that's fair. I don't know. What do you guys expect from this? Because, you know, Kirk Cousins, there were three turnovers that were preventable. If they're disciplined next week and don't make these stupid mistakes and we don't have Jay Ward, you know, committing a penalty on a, you know, a late, was it a field goal? Offsides on a field goal. Yeah. If we don't have that, you know, that's a big momentum swing. And that's something you can coach, right? So I guess that's the hope is that they're able to play a disciplined game. And maybe Jay Ward sits out a couple of weeks on special teams or something. I mean, there's something that has to be done, right? You know, that's one example of a possible fix. But do you have any predictions for this game, Breed? Yeah, I was going to say my prediction is the Vikings win uh, tw- uh, 27 to 20. And people can say, you know, you're being a homeward that pick, even though I'm probably the most pessimistic guy about the Vikings. I think the that's Eagles true. are missing. The Eagles are missing uh, N'Kobe Dean and James Bradbury. And I think. I also think the Vikings are the type of team that can take advantage of a team that misses their starters. So I would like to think that we can bounce back and win, but also I wouldn't be surprised if we just absolutely toss up an egg. Also, Aaron Rodgers update, he's getting carted off the field right now, and they're having trouble driving the cart, which is kind of funny. It's it's wet, dude. It was raining pretty hard. He's about to go back on a darkness retreat. <laughs> he just sits in the locker room, the lights off, comes back yeah. out perfectly healthy. He refuses. What were you doing in there? Service. Not injecting drugs. What Nothing if this is like a Paul Pierce situation where Paul Pierce got like wheelchaired off and you just and, and in, in other realms of Viking news, uh Dalvin Cook's brother just had about a 10-yard run. It's the brother bowl. Um <laughs> let's stretch the Vikings news as much as we can. Well, this is you know, I would think it would be an entertaining game, maybe not so much with Aaron Rodgers out. But nonetheless, Carter, I'd like to hear. I think. Maybe this is totally recency bias. For some reason, I still don't have faith in Nick Sirianni. I like some of his, you know, ballsiness. He's kind of like Dan Campbell Jr. Other than he's a better coach, I think. And more and he's much less likable. Yeah, he's pretty cringy. I don't like listening to him talk, but he had a really couple of sus play calls against the uh, Patriots last week. He went for it. On they should have lost like their that own game. 30. I think they, they should have definitely should have lost that game. They started off. That really game was hot, peak Super Bowl he, hangover. Yeah. Yeah, so I I don't know. I don't really trust him as a head coach for some reason. That's, you know, not well, that's, fair. The thing is with that is I just don't know if we can accurately make that decision yet I know. because, you know, I liked the game plan. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Shane Steichen, correct, drew up for the Colts for Anthony Richardson and all that. But you just don't know to what extent he was made by his that's coordinators true. at this point. And you can't make that call. And as of now, you know, sure, the Eagles have like an injury. I just think they're the better team, and I think they're mm-hmm. young, but also very strong at some points that the Vikings are weak at, like, you know, interior, interior pass line. rush, interior defensive line, specifically pass rush. I could see them stuffing the run very well, and I could see you getting to the quarterback from the interior part of the defensive line, too, which I don't think is a recipe for success there, mm-hmm. especially w- there's no tape on these guys really right now, and I just think that's going to ultimately – I think the questions – of Nick Sirianni's ability as a head coach will be something that don't that does not get answered in this game, but will be foreshadowed to like it was in the Pat Patriots game because they should have lost that game. The Patriots came well prepared. Mac Jones kind of actually, you know, he didn't have the best game, but he, he threw actually a pick six. 
he had a he he was a lot more competent than what people I think would give him credit for. Well, yeah, Matt Patricia's not holding the offense yeah. back anymore, and he looked a lot more like an actual quarterback too. But you know, nonetheless, I still think this is a game that the Eagles are going to win. But we're score. going to still get hints of Nick Sirianni's. I don't want to say it's not an aptitude at all, but we're going to get hints. We're going to see the Super Bowl. Two He's got an ego for no reason. I kind these of two like. coordinators were very important, but yeah. may not be great head coaches, you know? Yeah, he's just got this aura about him that I hate. It's it's he's the perfect coach for Philly. <laughs> That's maybe can't, true. you can't say like wait, he, he out of any NFL coach. I feel like he really matches. No, Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell in Detroit. Well, Dan, I'd I'd argue no, the difference the is Dan, no, Dan the Campbell city. in Detroit. Dan Campbell is to an extent. Dan Campbell more so made the Lions culture. No, no, no. I'm saying matches the city. Dan Campbell literally is Detroit. But that's because he he's a it, dirty Midwestern white who will bite your kneecaps off. If I've never heard of anything more, Detroit. that that's I I'd argue that Sirianni fits the Eagles better. I I, I would disagree. But I, I feel like most of most of Dan Campbell's impact. Is through him more so modeling. I don't know, dude. Andy Reid and barbecue ribs. Yeah, but also you could also said Andy Reid and Philly cheesesteaks back when he was in Philadelphia. Exactly, Philly. dude. Andy Reid anywhere with food, you can say Andy Reid. Yeah, if he was the Andy Reid is a Panthers, all they talk about was barbecue. Uh, Dan Campbell is from Texas. I just wanted to check that out just to see. So not Midwestern, but yes, Preet, I understand your point, but I would more <laughs> so argue that. Dan Campbell's flair doesn't come with him necessarily fitting with the city. It comes more so from his personality himself. Yeah, I, I argue got he it. definitely Spot plays on. it up. I argue he definitely plays it up. Like the Detroit Pistons played up the Bad Boy Pistons to fit the city of Detroit. I feel like Dan Campbell does a similar thing. I I think he'd do it anywhere. I want to do. Aaron Rodgers like is questionable to return, by the way, which means his ass is not coming back in the game. Yeah, he's already Zach showing Wilson frustration. Season. <laughs> what happened the to Mike Bill White? Is he on the Jets still? No way. He's, not. he's on the he? Dolphins. He's on the Dolphins. Uh, Carter, let me ask you this, and I have an answer for myself, and then we can move on. What do the Vikings need to do if they want to win? You kind of talked about it, but like, let's keep it into like a quick, quick punchy answer. Well, if the the Eagles, they they typically play a very clean game, but it seems every other game or i guess if you want to look more recently they will turn the ball over once and if you can turn that into points you have a very good shot additionally I, you know you can't make special teams mistakes again because the eagles are a very good special teams you team. can't turn the ball over three times yeah, I was yeah gonna say, the Vikings need to score more than the Eagles. but i'm more so looking at it from actually playing the eagles perspective rather than just hey this is how you win a football game from that sense but the eagles will probably turn the ball over once it seems like they they do at a decent rate, and if you can actually capitalize off that, like that was a huge. Um, they didn't component. last year. That's why they were so good, is because they didn't turn the ball over. But obviously, I'm talking a little bit in the. They turned the ball over once in the Super Bowl, if I'm remembering correctly. Twice. Well, twice. It happens. Okay, twice. It was the fumble. Nonetheless, fumble. And the fumble is the one that I remember. Pick. There's a pick too. I think if you can capitalize off those, because you know, I mean, I, I completely get it, but. It feels like when the Eagles do turn the ball over, it's always in kind of a disastrous fashion. If you can capitalize off that, I would be very strong about that. Then also, pre what you said earlier, with the cornerback room being a little dinged up, capitalize as much as you can. I don't care about you know putting film out there or anything. 
get Jordan Addison as involved because they're you gonna can. they're gonna have Slay line up wherever Jefferson is. They're gonna put yeah. safety over top. And I think that's we the biggest that. key is having a huge this shoot, year you have eight eight reception game out of him instead of instead of Adam Thielen and Irv Smith Jr. You have T.J. Hawkinson and Jordan Addison. It's time uh, yeah. to show show off what those boys are worth. I think one saving grace to the Vikings here is I. I was critical of KOC last week and then throughout parts of last year. I think he's really good at game planning. I think Flores Flores is going to be good at game planning, like specifically for an opponent. I think that I'm, they I'm have to so specifically... Sure. Okay, well, let me finish my sentence for once and then you can go, All right? And then Give we can go... <laughs> just he can, uh, he can argue next. And then we can uh, focus on getting the ball out quick because I totally agree with you guys. When you say the interior line is a disaster, they're going to get pressured all, all day. I think Kirk cousins wants to do more, uh, no huddle offense. He looked really quick to try to run some on his own, uh, last week. He wanted to do it. I could kind of see it. And that's something he's kind of transitioned to with this new team, with this new head coach. And I think they need to do it more. And I think they need to stick with the run more. If, they want any chance of doing any play action because, you know, the Buccaneers defense saw right through that. Now the Buccaneers have really good defense. The Eagles do too. But I don't know. I don't think they're going to be behind the whole game. Like they'll have a chance to run. They weren't behind the whole Buccaneers game and they were just dedicated to throwing. But I think they have a chance to game plan for this Eagles team. And they could win, but I, you know, my prediction is it's going to be pretty high scoring. I think 34 to 30 is my my prediction, but I think the Vikings lose. I just think I don't like the way Baker Mayfield was able to run against our defense and extend plays. And Jalen Hurts is the king of that. That's what I'm kind of nervous about. Yeah, that's fair. And the Eagles have some good receivers. I mean, I'm fine because we played very well against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I'm not as concerned about the receivers as I am Jalen Hurts' ability to make you pay with his legs. Sounds like you want to talk about Jalen Hurts more. I mean, yeah, he's actually worth talking about, unlike Baker Mayfield. Uh, you, I don't think you, you can just make said this that argument after you, the Vikings lost. Yeah, you can. He threw for 150 yards. He, he might as well. Like, he was he the facilitator did. of that game, bro. They're, they didn't have any run game. It was him and the wide receivers. And that, see, I, I would like to note that when we went off air last time, pre like admitted that he was just arguing to avoid <laughs> for the sake of argument. No, but and also now, Baker now Mayfield he's, is not he, good. He's doing, Baker he's Mayfield still, is not good. Like there's he, no he isn't, he isn't he played good the last same game. tone of voice no, he did right not. now. He did not play good last game. He played he played average. We played worse. Like he did he didn't win that game so much as we lost that game. Okay. He still beat us. I'm I'm I don't think Baker Mayfield's a great NFL quarterback, but I don't think he's as bad as you're making him out to be. I mean, and he I threw for over sixty percent completion. He didn't have that many Bucks yards. Don't win that touchdowns. game with Kyle Trask, so I think yeah. they might have. You think he played bad because that's? I don't think he played good. I think he played like eh, completely. He eh. played just completely eh. I mean, that's fine if you think that. I think he played all right. Good. Uh, for Baker Mayfield, maybe I should add. But, yeah, so keys of the game. Don't turn over the ball three times. Can we wrap it up with that? Fair. It's probably and good And don't advice. let Baker Mayfield throw for 150 yards. If he throws for 140, the Vikings win. And score more than the other team. Yeah. 
All right, let's get back. Preet is just looking straight down right now. I'm so fucking (laughs) sick and tired of the name Baker Mayfield. (laughs) Embrace the chaos, brother. I kind of think it's funny he beat us. If it was Tom Brady, it would have been a non-story, but it's Baker Mayfield, dude. That's hilarious. Let's talk about our signature segment, Super Grumman of the Week. Carter, you can finally introduce it again and give us our little one-two two cents of what it's about. After a long, long offseason, the best segment on the Love Boat is finally back. The best segment in the world. My best Someone, segment in the, so- be, the best podcast has the best segment in the entire world. Some would say it's the, only point of, it's the only point of listening to this podcast. Well, I think it's the most fun conversations we have because we tend to deviate a little bit. But nonetheless, this is our segment called Super Gremlin. And we don't have to talk about the Vikings anymore. Yeah, we not at all. We this is actually where uh, you know most of our listeners actually want to listen. You know, they are kind of just you know running, doing something else, but then they turn the volume up a little bit when this segment comes on. But uh, nonetheless, this is our segment coined after Antonio Brown, where he stormed out of MetLife Stadium to end his NFL career and then referred to himself as a super gremlin. I figured I'd give a little bit of a longer intro since we might have picked up some listeners from sure, the last it's our uh, first review. So. Um, yeah, and I, I think it'd be appropriate to – I'm going to throw a little curveball because of who I said would be Super Gremlin uh, in the pre-show, but I would like to nominate the man who coined the segment himself, Antonio Brown, as my <laughs> Super Gremlin. Uh, this is actually because I don't exactly know the situation. I've not done too much research on this. I feel like this is something Preet might know. But uh, Antonio Brown was getting into an issue with some sort of security guard or security force, and for whatever reason, he had his pants in his hand, his red pants in his hand, with his phone in the pocket and he threw the pants at an FSU student who therefore got a hold of Antonio Brown's phone from this and on Antonio Brown's phone. Cause you know, he had an iPhone and you can't see the text messages without doing the face ID because of how Antonio Brown had it set up. But Antonio Brown had his own manager in his own phone listed as Antonio's manager which I think is really <laughs> funny. That's really and funny. So there, there's a video of that. the guy who caught the pants filming Antonio throwing the pants, and then it cuts to them in like their apartment, shows they're at Florida State, and it's them just g- going through Antonio Brown's lock screen, and you just see multiple texts from, quote-unquote, Antonio's manager, which I think is just the perfect way. And I think it really he really does encapsulate what it means to be a super gremlin. So I'm going to hand it's... things off to to preach to cover his if unless he has anything else you want to say about it. I was going to say I think it's so funny that he still has a manager and that person hasn't uncliented him. But I'm also going to throw a curveball cuz initially I had Shadur Sanders as my super gremlin for flexing his watch on Nebraska players, which is still very funny but it has to be Aaron Rodgers for getting injured and on his first drive as a Jet. This might be on, our first ever live super gremlin. Yeah, on 9/11 if you know Aaron Rodgers and his history with 9-11. In New York. In New York, as a member of the Jets, gets injured. And you know who he dapped up before the game? Like, right before running on the field? Take a guess. I, I could give you guys 50 guesses and you wouldn't get it. I was watching it. So Is it Deshaun Kaiser, the one who he asked no, if no, he no. believed 9-11 was, was Jake real? Paul. Jake Paul. He dapped up Jake Paul as the last ah. person before he ran onto the field. I just I think that's like so he cool. might have been in my top 50 guesses. I don't probably would have guessed Logan before Jake. Wasn't John McEnroe there too for some reason? Well, John McEnroe's a New York guy, US Open. It makes sense. I love that though. 
But oh my God, Aaron Rodgers, that's got to be the. I'm getting injured on the first drive as a jet is the funniest thing. It, he looked very upset. Not he didn't look upset. He looked like, you know, fuck this shit. I'm out. That was also, the look on his face, and I've seen that many times. Patrick for him in the Patrick past Mahomes years. tweeted out, "Hate that man." Praying for the best, but he didn't use a comma, so it sounds like he said "hate that man" in terms of. Talking they are about State Aaron Farm Rogers. rivals, so. Exactly. Well, no, Aaron Rodgers doesn't work for State Farm anymore. He's That's just, true. You know, That's true. The discount Who, double check is gone, baby. Patrick won that. Let's. Uh, I'll wrap it up with my super ground man, and this is going to be quick. And I just want to rub it in the face, and it, this could totally bite me in the ass. Doesn't look like it. My super gremlin of the week are Bear fans everywhere for glazing Justin Fields all off season because. Guess who the worst quarterback in the NFC North is? Justin Fields. Dude's ass. That's pretty much all I have to say. That was very satisfying watching him just fail, you know, season opener against the Packers. I, I Aaron Rodgers hate... just got out of the Jets uh, locker room, by the way, with a boot on his foot. So I think it's over. It's over. And honestly, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, I hate the Packers a lot less now. I still, they're, don't get me wrong. They're my least favorite team. I hate them a lot less now that Aaron Rodgers is gone. I honestly, if if we don't win the division, they're the team I'd rather win the division over anyone else. Ooh, ooh, that's, I might have to agree with you. I don't know, dude. I, I, I'm i starting to hate Bears. Lions fans. I'm starting to hate Lions fans, but it's it would so be nice funny. to see It'd the be... Lions franchise no, it wouldn't. win. The... No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. I want them to stay miserable. It'd be incredible. If, they, if still... they still had Matt Stafford, 100% would be on board, but. No, Matt Stafford is not. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into this. Matt Stafford is an overrated Kirk Cousins. Yeah, they're like, oh, Kirk he Cousins plays tough. Week. I not willingly. <laughs> well, there you go. I like seeing the uh, not elite tier one quarterbacks get some love. Scoop and score by the Jets. No, I think it's played dead. But yeah, that's our episode. We kind of dragged on at the end talking about this live game that everyone will have seen the results for two days ago but hey just a little little added flavor to your wednesday listen thanks for coming by thanks for hey you like this thanks for hopping aboard <laughs> i liked that one that's certainly better, better than, than our that should yeah, be our outro one. thanks for hopping aboard and have a great voyage or we could make that, that we can workshop me something. out right there maybe this week we make like a tight a titanic metaphor because this is such a disaster. never let go jack <laughs> never back down never what you could maybe convince me that's a thing alright Preet in the meantime do what you do best save you have just completed your voyage on <laughs>